Welcome to Senior Connect, a podcast by Okra. In this episode of Feed Your Brain, host Andrea Barato talks with Jean Rakesh, CEO of The Lantern Group, to discuss the moral responsibilities of caregivers and the overall senior care industry. Hello, and welcome to Feed Your Brain. I am your host, Andrea Parado. According to the States of Change Project at the Center for American Progress, in 2018, millennials passed baby boomers as the largest generation of Americans eligible to vote. Four decades of dominance by baby boomers will come to an end. I am joined today by Jean McKesh, CEO of The Lantern Group. Hi, Jean. How are you? Hi, Andrea. I'm very good. How about you? I'm good. We're going to talk a little bit about generations today. I hope you're prepared. My favorite subject. I bet it is. So how do you think this generational shift is going to change the healthcare industry for those that are living with Alzheimer's disease? And what is our moral responsibility? I think, uh, I personally, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, the millennials and the Gen Zs. Uh, well, I'm a Gen X. Nothing I've got against Gen X or the baby boomers. Uh, the, the reason uh, I said I, I'm a fan is because I think they challenge the status quo. Unlike my generation, um, you know, we were not very consistent with that. Um, I can't really speak for the baby boomers a little bit older than me. So, uh, But one of the things I'm seeing is the the the, the, the millennials and the Gen Zs are questioning, you know, things. Yes. And in my generation, Gen X, we, we just followed the rules. We did. And we never questioned, you know, whatever was told to us, we just did it. Um, so I, I, I feel that, uh, you know, coming years and years to come, you know, we definitely will see some change uh, in the long-term care industry, uh, nursing homes, assisted living, I think this generation is going to demand that change, um, which is a good thing. Change is a good thing. Well, you know, the, re- the reason I like the, what is our moral responsibility? I don't think, I mean, purely, I don't think we as humans, uh, we get up every morning with the intention that, you know what, I, I, I'm going to do a bad job today. <laughs> okay. You know, it's a beautiful day, but I'm going to be the worst I can today. I don't think we 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 get up in the morning uh, or we we go through our day. Things happen, uh, situations, circumstances, experiences tend to modify our engagement throughout the day. So when it comes to moral responsibility, I think what I would like to do is I would like to challenge, um, you know, including myself, everyone. You know, the way we've been caring for seniors with Alzheimer's disease in, the, in 10, 15, 20, 30 years, the way we've been designing buildings, the way we've been providing care and services, do you think it is, it is adequate? You know, is there more we can do for them? You know, personally, I think we can see the. I see anytime I, when I look at an Alzheimer, I'm looking at myself. Uh, I had mentioned earlier that when I turn 90, there's a good chance I may have the disease. Mm-hmm. You know, right now there's a very good chance I may have the amyloid plaques and the neuro 
fibrillated tangles, the tau containing neurofibrillated tangles, there's a good chance. You know, though I don't have the symptoms, there's a chance that I may have those, those, uh, you know, uh, those brain markers. So when I turn 90, there's a good chance I may have the disease, I may not have the disease, or I would be caring for someone with, someone with the disease, or I would know someone with the disease. So it's time for us to do more than what we are doing at this time, because we're doing it for our generation. You know, we're doing it for ourselves. Right. We're creating and we're preparing the foundation, the right foundation, the right care, the right services moving forward. So I think um, we, we definitely should uh, try to think differently, do things differently. And uh, I believe that there is more we can do. How can understanding of the human brain change the way that we design, build, and operate care facilities in the future for these up-and-coming generations? Brilliant question. Brilliant question. Thank you for asking. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit about the human brain. Okay. Uh, let me see. Our brain evolves with time. Our brain grows with time. Our brain expands with time. So my, the brain that I have is not the same brain that I had when I was a four-year-old or a 10-year-old or a 20-year-old. You know, throughout my life, there has, there has been neuroplasticity. Mm -hmm. I, I was able to shape and mold my brain the way I want based on what I subjected my brain to. Okay. You know, new learning, mm -hmm. different experiences. Mm -hmm. Also, in the last 40 years, my brain has recruited new neurons. There are times I had to learn things that I was not comfortable learning. So birth of neurons, neurogenesis. So the brain that I have today is not the brain that I had five, uh, 10 years down the road, uh, before, 10 years before or 20 years back. So our brains have evolved. Now, the same brain will go through changes with Alzheimer's disease. Yes. The, the disease, you know, the way I describe it is it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a mushroom, it's a cloud, it's a mushroom cloud, it's a cloud of mushroom, you know, like the way the mushroom, it kind of the disease mushrooms through our brain. And uh, it attacks our hippocampus first, that's where the new memories are formed. Mm -hmm. And then it slowly starts, you know, chewing up neurons, eating up neurons, killing neurons. And by the way, the neurons die because it doesn't get enough glucose and oxygen. Okay. You know, and, and I will talk about that later. So the brain that grew and expanded over the last 40 years now because of the disease process is also shrinking. It is becoming smaller and smaller and smaller. So now the, the capacity that I had when my brain was expanded and strong and healthy to process information, to break it down and convert it to a way that I can read, I can perceive and understand, is changing, will change as the brain shrinks. Okay. Okay, so it's very important to understand this. So let's say that, let me use the same example. Let's say that I, it's me. I have, you know, my, my brain is shrinking. I have the disease. I'm 90 years old. My brain is not the brain that I had when I was 40 years old or 50 or 60. It's, it's shrinking. It's getting smaller and smaller. 
So I'm reverting back to my early childhood days. Now, if you have me live in an, in an assisted living facility or a nursing home that I'm not able to relate to, the environment that I'm not able to relate to, the okay. people that I'm not able to relate to, the individuals that I'm not able to relate to, the way you talk to me that I'm not able to relate to. Because in, in mid-70s and late 70s, you know, the way people talked and engaged, the words that they used is very different than what we use now. Mm -hmm. And that's, those are the words, that's the vocabulary, that's the language that I, I relate to. Because now I'm a 10-year-old. Right. Okay. Now, as a 10-year-old, did I live in a hotel-like setting? Did I live in a resort-like setting? Did I have a yard? Did I have a, a front lawn? Those are the questions that we have to ask. And for, for, for the most part, when I'm a 10-year-old, I was exposed to a lot of natural elements. The sunlight, the snow, depending on where I live, the water, you know, the sky, the lawn, the trees. So if I am compelled to live in a place, an environment that I can relate to, then that's going to directly influence my behavior. Now I'm not able to understand where I'm living. I want to elope. I want to run away. I want to get out. This is not the place that I know. I, I need a scoot. So I'm, okay. I'm always looking for exit doors. Yes. Exit. Exits. Doors that can take me out. Because I, I'm not able to figure out. I need to get out. So, you know, me as a, a developer, a designer, it's important for me to really understand and, and, and uh, the, the, the disease process and also create opportunities based on what I think my client can relate to, my senior can relate to. So bring those natural elements inside. Bringing, you know, certain elements that my, my, my senior may have been exposed to or used to. Having that setup or that kind of arrangement or setting, I, I think, um, I think it's very important. The, see, the way I behave, the way I present myself is influenced directly by the environment, the surrounding that I'm in. Right. You know, the, the chances of you screaming and yelling, you know, in a spa is, is, uh, is uh, slim. Right. You know, when you don't get the service that you're expecting for, yes, you may get upset. But, you know, a spa is very calming, mm -hmm. very tranquil, very serene. So there's a reason because that's where after a nice uh, facial or a massage, you know, you rest well, you know, all those ther therapies that you receive, you, you feel re rejuvenated, re-energized. So the environment that we live in is very, very important. And it's so important for me as a developer, as a design, to really, really pay attention to every little thing that I would place around a senior especially the one if the if they have Alzheimer's disease and uh, so in in my designs I always like to add uh, uh, natural elements that would be therapeutic because to me my memories are the best or for me to recall something that I forgot will be at its prime when I'm less anxious I'm less agitated less frustrated less annoyed where I'm in an environment, I don't really have to worry about 
processing information from the environment that I'm not able to relate to. See, you and I, it doesn't matter where we are, we are processing information. Right. We have five senses, right? Our senses are processing, processing information. Even in this, in, right here in this space, I'm, I'm looking at uh, bottles of water, I'm looking at uh, the coffee maker, the coffee cups, all of that. I'm, I'm, I've seen it and it's processing. My, my, my brain is processing. You know, there's a very good chance, you know, after this uh, interview, I may want to have a cup of coffee because I saw a coffee maker. The urge to have coffee is there for me. My brain has processed it. So there's a lot of things that we pick and we learn from the surroundings, both voluntarily and involuntarily. And the brain processes that information. So it's critical that the, 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 the environment that we create, and I think that's where I go back. I think we have a moral responsibility. If we decide to be in this industry, as a designer, as a developer, as an operator, as a caregiver, as a care provider. I think, you know, it is so important. Every one of us have a moral responsibility. As a designer and as a developer, it is my, I, my, my responsibility is to ensure that I create spaces that my clients can relate to that would make them less anxious, less agitated, less depressed, is more therapeutic, so that I can leverage the space um, their immediate surroundings to facilitate probably new learning. Okay. At the same time, also help with memory recall. Okay. And overall reduce a lot of stress. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So do you think that uh, the children today and when they are in their elder years and they may develop Alzheimer's disease, the design of buildings for them is going to be much different than we are thinking that they would be for our elders today? Yeah, I think so. I think so. You know, going back to my comment about the millennials and Gen Zs, uh, those, those two generations are very, very function oriented, very outcome oriented. You know, they're always looking for what they can do for the world to influence the larger good. They're the one, they're the change makers. Okay. Right? That's, that's why I get excited about these two generations. <laughs> now that I'm not excited about my generation, the generations prior to me, you know, we did our part. Right. Uh, and, and we did it effectively. You know, we, we've, we've been successful. We, the, uh, our contributions have been plentiful um, and has created uh, riches and wealth, both knowledge-wise and uh, fi financially. So I, no regrets at all. Um, but the, 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 the new generation, I think they're going to, they're going to, they want to see value. Yes. And uh, they, they want to see what they can do to change people's lives. And I think design is uh, one aspect of it when it comes to our industry. And I also think that they will also compel and force change on the caregiving side and, uh, and also on the care uh, care receiving side see to me i think caregiving and care receiving should be like music there should be rhythm the caregiver should enjoy providing care and the care receiver should enjoy receiving care they have to be in sync you know i i think they create music and it's so much fun the care provider goes home the caregiver goes home thinking that I did something, I was able to change the world, mm -hmm. I was able to make an impact, I was able to bring about a change. Yes. Very important. You know, more than anything, more than money, more than anything, feeling of self-worth. Yes. Able to contribute and be useful to the society. 
doesn't matter. Every human has that, you know, and sometimes we're not able to, we, we express it in very different ways. Sometimes it can also come in a very negative manner. Um, we all have that. And at the same time, the care receiver, especially a senior or, or an individual with Alzheimer's disease, they also are looking to, we as humans, we're always wanting to trust and wanting to bond. So when the care pro, caregiver understands the care receiver's rituals, understands the care receiver's you know, life patterns, how they live their life, then the caregiver is able to dive into the care receiver's world. The care receiver will receive the caregiver into their world with open arms because now they can relate to the caregiver and they both create music. And I think in, in so many ways, that is that moral responsibility. Every one of us have a moral responsibility. Uh, even, even uh, I shouldn't use the word even, I think it's very important. Everyone is a caregiver surrounding that individual. Someone that keeps the room clean, the housekeeper. Someone from maintenance that maintain the space. They play a huge role the impact that care receiver's life. Mm -hmm. You know, so-and-so is a housekeeper, so-and-so is in laundry, so-and-so is uh, in maintenance or, or in the kitchen. And no, their role should not be minimized, never minimized. When it comes to caring for someone with Alzheimer's disease, there's no hierarchy. There, of course, there is hierarchy for reporting reasons. But everyone has, right from the physician, to nurse, to caregiver, uh, dietary, housekeeping, maintenance, they all activities, you know, greeter in the, in the front reception, mm -hmm. they all play an equally important role. And, and if we are able to create that music, and, I, and I, that's why I talk about in my book about moral responsibility, we are morally responsible for that individual's not existence, not simply them living, they should thrive. See, you and I, we didn't plan. Do you plan to live in an assisted living facility when you get old? That was not part of a retirement. It was not part of my plan. Exactly. But it right? could happen. It could happen, right? So I am not I'm I am working hard to gather enough resources to live a good life right. when I retire. Right. A good retirement is where I'm able to have the same lifestyle that I did when I was working. That is a good retirement. You don't want to, you don't want, when you get older, you don't want, you don't want, you don't want your lifestyle to go one or two notches down. Right. Right. So I am not looking, for, I'm not retiring thinking that I'm going to be in a nursing home or in an assisted living. That is not part of the equation. So the, 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 the clients that we care for, they are here in our building, not because they want to be there. Right. See, it's, it's very important to understand. So it becomes my moral responsibility to responsibility to ensure that anything and everything that we do, we create for the pleasure. And it's about thriving. We, we are working so hard today, sometimes 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day, hoping that we'll retire and when, uh, well. Yes. And when we retire, we not just live or get by, we thrive. Right. We thrive. Thrive is very important. Thriving is very important. So I think that's, I think, you know, that's where the moral responsibility comes in my mind. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Thank you, Andrea.
Thank you for listening. Be sure to visit us at www.okra.com for more great content.